Welcome to Living Out Loud, Storytelling for Social Change, the podcast where we come together as a community to share our stories and consider alternative perspectives on a wide range of topics. By sharing our stories, each and every one of us can help create the world we want to live in. Storytelling has the power to open minds, touch hearts, and inspire empathy and solidarity. It can move us to think and then act. The opinions and views expressed in this podcast are those of the faculty, staff, and student guests of each episode, but do not necessarily represent the views of Merrimack College. Hi, this is Michael Senoff, producer of Living Out Loud. The episode you're about to hear is part one of a three-part series highlighting women in male-dominated fields, and specifically women in STEM on campus here at Merrimack College. In this first episode, you will hear from one of our female engineering students about the trials and triumphs that come with studying in what has predominantly been a male-dominated field. The audio you're about to hear was part of an interview recorded by Tiffany Began Stearns. Hi, I'm Hope McKenzie, and I am a junior this year, and I'm an electrical engineering major. So originally when I was in high school, I really wanted to be some sort of science major, but I wasn't sure what kind of science. Um, There was a time where I was like, oh, maybe chemical, like maybe I'll go into chemical engineering or something to do chemistry. Um, I took AP chemistry in high school and I realized very quickly that I was not as interested in that as I thought I was. And I really liked math. I was really good at it. And one of my math teachers was also an engineering teacher at my school. And she was like, hey, like, you seem to really understand these concepts and you seem to be interested on like the hands-on projects. Maybe you should try out this class for your like elective next year. And I thought about it and I was like, yeah, why not? I mean, I don't have any other electives picked for it. So mine as well. Um, And I went in, I think it was junior year of high school into an engineering class. And it was my first ever engineering class. Didn't really know what to expect. Didn't know what was going to happen. And I ended up fitting in really well. And I loved the projects. I loved the assignments. I loved the hand-on aspect of things. Um, And then from there, she just kind of pushed me into her next class, which was like the next level of it. Um, And she suggested I try out robotics. So I kind of got civil, mechanical, and electrical throughout those three classes. And throughout robotics, that's when I realized like, oh, I really like the uh, electrical aspect of things. I like being able to like design the inner workings of like a robot. I think that's really cool. Um, So that's kind of where I chose electrical. And then I kind of just went from there. When I got to college, I was like, I'm going to go for electrical engineering because engineering was very interesting to me and I think I'd be really good at it. So that's where my passion kind of came from. How did you end up at Merrimack? What was it about Merrimack that like made you want to come here? Um, So there was a few schools that I'd taken a look at and a lot of them, I was a athlete in high school. I ran track and a lot of schools just wanted me to go there for the track program, but didn't necessarily want me to go for my major because I didn't meet all the requirements. Uh, Merrimack doesn't require SATs, which was like a big thing, especially for the engineering departments, because a lot of schools, engineering departments require the SATs. I took them and I scored pretty high, but I didn't necessarily reach like what was expected of me, I guess, for a lot of the other schools. Um, so when I applied, Merrimack accepted me and I came, I toured all the schools that I got accepted to. And I really liked the concept of being a smaller school just because I've always gone to small schools. So for me, it was more comfortable. Um, and it felt safe. Like this was a place that from the moment I stepped foot on campus, I could envision myself being here for four years. And to me, that was the most important thing because a lot of the other schools that I had gone to and visited, I stepped on it and their turf or like their track was like, yeah, I could run here. 
but everything else about the school was like, I don't see myself enjoying this. I don't see myself wanting to live on campus. I don't see myself wanting to even be on campus. Um, but Merrimack, while I don't live here, it's like my second home. Like I'm here all the time. Um, and it's something that I could just right off the bat see myself. This was my place. So right now Merrimack has three, I believe that they offer civil, mechanical and electrical. So the civil aspect of things is a lot of like architectural background type thing. Um, and then the mechanical aspect is like the gears and like all the mechanics of pretty much any project. And then electrical is like circuit board work and programming aspect of things. So I chose the electrical side of things <clears throat> because the circuits make sense to me and I'm really good at working with the smaller pieces. And I can program pretty well, depending on what program I'm using, not always, but uh, yeah, so it was just like, to me, that was the most interesting aspect of it all. Freshman year, we built windmill projects. We actually worked the electricals with the civils and mechanicals. First years, all of them uh, worked together on building the windmill. So that was pretty cool. That was one of our bigger projects that we've done since I've been here. Um, and that was mostly just like Arduino work for the electricals. And then we use like balsa wood and like small little plastic gears to build the thing. And then as we went on in my major, at least, we started using like what's called a red trainer. It's a circuit board like mimic, I guess. And you plug it in, it has the uh, voltage for you already set and you just plug in your little pieces of your circuit and without having to solder it together, you can just test your circuit. And then from there you can choose to solder if you really wanted to, but a lot of it just like lab work is done on the red trainers and stuff like that. Um, and then we use a lot of different programming depending on what class you're in. You could use a programming that's specifically for Arduino. You might do C++, you might do Java. Uh, Python, it kind of just depends on the class and the requirements of the project itself. Um, I have my laptop that I use to program everything on. So that's my piece of technology that I take with me everywhere. Like that's the one thing I couldn't go to school without, especially if I have an engineering class that day. Um, but for the most part, it's like, just make sure that like you keep your workspace clean and you know what the parts of what you're working on do. Um, that's like the main aspect of engineering, especially early on, like make sure you know what parts of your circuit you need and where they're supposed to be placed because if you don't know, you could blow your circuit. And we've actually had sparks fly in some of our labs because of misplaced circuit pieces and whatnot. We've worked on small projects throughout like the years. Uh, last year I did like a door alarm. Um, I built a like solar panel type wind thing on my own. Like uh, it was like a last minute project. Um, this year, we don't really have any projects as of right now, just because of COVID and how everything kind of took over. Um, next year, I hope to build uh, a solar panel, some sort of solar panel like powered mechanism, whether it be a robot or a skateboard or whatever happens to be. Um, I'm really interested in solar panels, so I really want to do that in my future. So I think being exposed to it now would be a really good idea. But our professors are pretty good about like pushing us in the direction of things that interest us. So for me, it's just like, okay, I know it interests me. So now it's a matter of designing a project around that aspect of things. So that's like what our senior projects will be based off of, I think. Walking into the building, you can feel that the presence of men is just more dominating than the female presence. I know that in the electrical aspect, I think as of right now, I only know of potentially four of us that are in the electricals right now. And I actually don't know if any of them are freshmen. I think there's two sophomores, one junior and one senior, and our senior actually transferred in this year. Um, 
I'm not sure a whole ton about if there is other females that I've noticed or interacted with. Those are just the four that I know of in the electrical aspect. I have a few friends that are mechanical and civil, but again, I don't really know a whole ton about their classes or what those class sizes are like or anything like that. So I couldn't really estimate it, but if I had to guess, there's a lot more guys than there is females. The, I feel like the vibes vary depending on the students in that building and where you are on campus at whatever given point in time. Um, I know like our jocks, they have like their own specific building that all of them are in. And the vibe in that building is very different than like say the vibes in like the engineering building or the business building or anything like that. So I feel like a lot of it just depends on what building and where you're at at any given point in time. Um, I think it's a very accepting campus ground for the most part. I have never felt super out of place, but again, I found some really good friends early on that kind of helped me acclimate to the whole college life and everything like that. Um, but I never got like backlash really from like any of my friends or any of the kids that I was like just walking around on campus with or anything like that. And my professors have all been really uh, friendly and welcoming to the campus grounds as well. So it was really nice to just not feel super overbearing, especially after <laughs> coming on as a little freshman and not really knowing where anything's located or knowing what to expect from college. Um, for me, I'm the first high school, I'm the first college graduate in my family. So I'm the first person to go to college. Um, so I really didn't know what to expect coming on to college grounds and nobody in my family can give me any advice on it or anything like that. So I really had no idea. So coming onto the campus grounds and just feeling like it's a comfortable, safe space where I can be who I'm supposed to be and be who I want to be and not worry about meeting certain expectations or trying to fit in with a certain group of people. It, it was like a really big, like sigh of relief uh, type thing, just because I felt like in high school, I had to be like who everybody wanted me to be. But in college, it was like, be who you are and you'll find your group. Um, and I think that that was like the biggest takeaway that I've had so far being on campus is like, I've been myself and I found my group. I found the people that I fit in with and I couldn't be more happy. Um, so my first day of engineering, it was my first day of college. And of course, everybody wants to make a great first impression, especially on the first day of school. So I got all nice and dressed up. Like I felt really good. It was a nice warm day. So I had like a cute little like shirt on um my shorts like my hair was all done up like it I felt very good I felt confident I felt like coming onto campus I felt like a college student um I got here finally found a parking spot the parking on this campus is atrocious um so I go into the classroom and I'm ex I'm 15 minutes early so I'm expecting to be one of the first kids in class I walked into a room already full of guys and going into it I didn't know I was the only girl because nobody had told me that I was told that it's a primarily male-based field, but I was expecting there to be at least one or two other females in the classroom. I didn't know I was walking into that just myself. Um, so when I walked in, it was like, holy crap, like what's going on? Like, oh my God, pure panic set in. And of course all the front seats were taken. So I went and sat in the back of the classroom and nobody really wanted to sit around me at first. So it was just me. And then there was two empty seats on each side of me. Like nobody sat there. Um, and then two guys had ended up coming into class and they didn't have any other empty seats. So they had to sit on one on each side of me. So here I am, this little five, four foot girl, like sitting in the middle of two kids that are over six feet tall. And I'm like, okay, like this is really like nerve wracking. I just didn't know what to expect. Um, and the guys were very hostile and standoffish with me at first, just because they were like, oh, there's a girl here. She doesn't belong here. Like, 
there's nobody else here that's a girl so she clearly doesn't belong here type thing and they had that momentum and um they definitely were trying to work together to kind of get me to leave the classroom and get me to leave the major which I think for them was more about the fear aspect of things like why is there a girl in this class because she shouldn't be able to handle it um and they didn't want me to be there because they felt like if she does well in this class and I'm not doing well that's going to look poorly on me like that's going to reflect poorly on me so that's kind of how I viewed the situation going into it um and then later on in that week we had been assigned partners to work on the windmill so I was very fortunate to be partnered with a kid in that class and he was one of he became one of my closest friends when it came to engineering aspects of things unfortunately he transferred schools but right off the bat like he was very friendly face to me he was very like it's okay like they ignore them like ignore them like he saw that it was like not necessarily getting to me but it was like he could hear what they were saying and he was like that's not okay um and I guess after that class I had walked out of the classroom and I had gone to my car because I was going home and the guys had walked up to my partner and was like I'm so sorry you got stuck with the girl like I can't believe that happened to you like you must be so embarrassed like if you need anything just let us know and he turned around and looked at them and was like you guys really are that dense. Like, I'm not sorry I got stuck with her. She knows more about this class than you guys do. And like, he really stuck up for me and stuff like that. Um, and I came to find this out probably a month or two after the situation had happened. But my professor must have overheard them because from the very, like, right after that whole like project assignment started, um, she was very quick to like point me out in class. So whenever I was doing well or whenever I called her out on like making a mistake on the board or, I had the correct answer or whatever it happened to have been. And I volunteered that information. She was like, oh, good job. And um, she was like very quick to like praise me, I guess, in that sense, trying to like, I think she was trying to point out the fact like she knows what she's doing. Um, but for me, it was like a very uncomfortable situation because I had never been in a classroom that was strictly males. And I was the only female with the exception of my professor. Um, so it got to the point where for a while it was very like stressful and it was like oh my god like I really did consider potentially switching my major just because I felt like I didn't fit in there um but despite it all I decided you know what this is what I want to do there was nothing else that really piqued my interest in any sort of field uh let alone what I was already doing and I was very passionate about what I was doing because I do want to work with solar panels I want to help the global warming aspect of things and stuff like that and solar panels are a great way to start um, so I was like, I'm going to stick with this. I think I want to keep pushing forward and see what happens. And, um, despite what they had said, I'm now a junior, um, and they come to me for help. <laughs> so they, they come and ask me for advice. They come and ask me to help them study for exams and quizzes and stuff like that. So I've proven that I belong here and I didn't give up and I didn't lose faith in myself. And I believed in myself from day one. Um, and I had a really good support system that believed in me from day one, which was one of the main reasons why I didn't leave. Um, all of my friends that live here on campus, even the ones that don't, uh, they supported me from day one. They were like, you deserve to be here. Like, you're so smart. You're so driven. Like, don't let them discourage you. Uh, my mom and my grandparents were big supporters of me as well. So for me, that was like my driving force. So regardless of what was being said at school or what I was hearing in the hall or whatever happened to, I was like, everybody else believes in me. Like I should believe in me too. I shouldn't let what these guys are saying deter me from what I'm doing. Um, and here I am. I, 
I'm really curious and I'm always curious and I don't have an answer to this either, but why, why is it that like in those situations where there's only, you know, one or two women in the room, why is it like that? Like, why, what is it about that kind of toxic masculinity that like just doesn't allow space for women? I I don't understand. I don't know if you have an answer to that. Um, I think a lot of it, like I said, it's like fear driven um especially if it's like something that's considered like only men can do it or something like that if you find a female that is truly good at the information and they know what they're doing and the guys start to struggle or fall behind I think that they're afraid that if the woman is showing them up then that's proving like okay maybe this isn't just a men's field and maybe I don't belong here or whatever it happens to be so I think a lot of it is fear driven I think that's where a lot of toxic masculinity comes from is the fear of being shown up by uh, someone of the opposite sex but again it's like it is very frustrating to walk into that situation and be like the target of all that hostility. And, um, it's just like, I wish they understood, like, I'm not trying to be a threat. I'm just here to get my degree and move on. Like I'm not here to like deliberately stand out or, uh, make anybody feel bad or anything like that. So I think they thought of it as a competition, whereas I was just viewing it as getting my education. So I think that was the difference between me and the guys. I'm also really interested too, because you, you've talked, and when we talked before, you talked about having um, some, some women professors. What, yeah. what is it like having, you know, obviously that's, that's really, really cool, but what does that feel like to have, you know, a room full of guys yourself and uh, like female professors that I'm curious about that experience. So for me, I felt like she kind of, picked me out from the group because obviously I was the oddball out um, and she could relate to me because obviously she graduated in a very similar circumstance where she was one of the only females, if not the only female in her graduating class of an engineering student. And because of that, she kind of called me into her office one day and we had this one-on-one conversation about like, is this the right set for me? Like, where should we go from here? Um, how can I keep working towards my goals and everything like that. She was very supportive of me right off the bat. Um, She told me that not many, because not many females go into this, um, the engineering professors often will take interest in how you're doing and how you're scoring and how you're presenting yourself because they do want to push more females into the field, but they also want to make sure that you're doing well. Um, So not just my female professor, but both of the male professors that we have at this school have been very um, helpful when it comes to pushing me into the direction that I want to go, helping me find out what projects interest me, what doesn't interest me and stuff like that. Um, They've been very supportive of my whole journey from day one till where I am now. And I couldn't be more thankful for having those group of professors help me out in that circumstance. I think that especially the female professor, on day one, she faced a lot of backlash too, because again, she's trying to teach a a room full of males and a lot of them will give her attitude or they'll give her sass or they'll be like, oh, well that's wrong. Or, oh, like kind of just coming up with any way that they can to kind of throw her off. Um, Which I think is very disrespectful just because like she's a professor, you should show her respect and be like, okay, like listen to what she has to say. Maybe if she gets something wrong, is that supposed to be this instead of what you wrote on the board? Um, not so much like, oh, you got that wrong. Like you shouldn't be a professor. And I feel like that's a lot of the hostility that I was seeing coming across from some of my classmates. Um, now where we are, there's still some hostility, but I think now it's more so like frustration over the classes themselves and not so much like 
the toxic masculinity background or anything like that. Um, but it's just interesting to see, like, I've seen the males in my class, like, progress and, like, get better at accepting the fact that there's, they're not, I'm not going anywhere. And obviously my professor's not going anywhere. Like, we're, we're here and, like, you kind of got to deal with it, um, whether or not it's a tough pill to swallow. So I've definitely seen an improvement in how they treat both me and her. But again, it was like very early on, I saw a lot of discrimination towards me and my female professor. So it was like kind of an eye opener as to like what to expect going into the future and going into a job field where I will be the only female. So I think going forward, I'm obviously nervous about facing that discrimination when I get to the workplace and like feeling as though maybe I'm not fitting in with the certain assignments that I'm getting, or maybe if we do have like a team project that needs to be worked on, they're going to give me the smaller pieces just because I am the female and they're not going to want me to actually work on anything. Maybe it'll be like the paperwork stuff, like just the easy stuff. Like she's a girl, she can handle that type thing. Um, so I guess that's like my biggest fear because I'm a very hands-on person. I'd love to get in and like be part of the actual project itself. Um, I think that I had that momentum of like, I'm going to let this drive me forward. I'm going to let it be my fuel to prove people wrong type thing. So going into the whole situation, um, when I started facing the discrimination, I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm, I'm here. Like I refuse to go away just because you want me to like, um, and I use it as my driving factor to try and prove everybody in my class wrong and prove some of my family members wrong that they didn't believe in me right off the bat or anything like that. So I think as long as I keep that momentum and I keep that drive, I should be fine going into the workplace. Um, I'm, it's just going to be like very different, I hope, from college life, um, especially with at work. Usually they have like these guidelines set up like this is you have to treat people equally type thing in the workplace. And if there's not, then you can bring that to HR's. Um, what's it called? Notice like you can you can let them know about what's going on and. Um, they'll take care of it for you or they'll step in if it needs to be. But as of right now, I'm not super nervous going into the workplace. I'm actually really excited. Um, I have a lot of uncles and family members that work in some of the electrical aspects of things. So I've gotten a little bit of insight from them and there is potential job opportunities there. So maybe I'll work with my uncles. We'll see. But I feel very like I'm proud of myself for how far I've come despite what I faced and I'm just going to keep moving forward with that and look toward the future with a positive outlook. My advice would be if this is something that you're passionate, always follow your passion. Follow something that you know you would absolutely love to wake up every single day and work on for most of your life because realistically that's what your job is. Um, you should do something that you love to do. It should be something that interests you, something that motivates you to want to get out of bed in the morning. And if I had to give any advice in regards of like facing that discrimination, don't let what anybody else says about you deter you from what you want to do. Um, if you have dreams, speak them into existence. Say, I'm going to be an engineer. Say, I'm going to be whatever you want to be and work until you get there. Like, don't let somebody else come along and try to tear you down or knock you down. Because at the end of the day, the only person that can stop that is you. You have to be your biggest advocate. You have to be your biggest supporter and your biggest belief um, in yourself. So at the end of the day, it's really just about how you view yourself. And if you think you have the drive to do it, then you're going to prove them wrong. Um, and if you think that you don't, then maybe you should consider switching fields at that point. But my biggest, my biggest piece of advice would be just if it's something that you love, 
go for it regardless of what other people say. I hope this helps. I hope this uh, kind of encourages other people to chase their dreams regardless of being the only one. Got an idea for an episode or want to join our team? Email us at livingoutloud at merrimack.edu. Executive producers are Deborah Michaels and Tiffany Biegenstern. This episode was produced by Tiffany Biegenstern's and Michael Sunoff. Audio engineering and editing by Michael Sunoff. Living Out Loud is made possible with the generous support of a Provost Innovation Grant and assistance from the Center for Excellence in Teaching and